and burrowed into his ears. The scrape of a shoe. Then a click followed, light as breath, but mechanical as the anti-personnel mines that had laced the foot trails and paddies of Vietnam. He snapped off his desk lamp and turned the room to black. The click came again. The doorknob was turning. Slowly, the shadowy glow of the emergency lights leaked into the room as the door cracked open. He watched with the quiet stealth of a predator, half thinking that he didn't have to worry because he was protected by Dylan's security force, but on some basic level doubting it. Then the alarm bell rang in his head and demanded that he trust himself for his own defense. He jumped to his feet and rushed for the door. Like everyone who'd ever walked patrol in Indian country, he would always respect the value of speed. Regardless of how badly he wanted to flush the war's damage from his soul, a combatant still lived inside him, holding on to the skills that had kept him alive. Speed was his friend. Stillness, too, at times, but speed was best when suddenly put on the defensive. Jameson despised the way these old instincts controlled him, even as they propelled him across his office. He would often fantasize, it was his greatest fantasy, about how wonderful it would feel to be normal and expect nothing dangerous, to be able to turn slowly to the door and trust that its opening wouldn't bring a threat. More than anything, he wanted to be normal, the gentle person he dreamed of becoming, his reason for choosing engineering at college. It was a gentleman's career, a cerebral job that would never require him to use his hands for anything more violent than erasing poorly placed dimension lines. But Vietnam had spawned a craziness in Jameson's head, and right now, with a late-night visitor creaking open his door, the crazy man who ruled that part of his brain was shouting a basic rule of combat. Enemies are destroyed by overwhelming violence. Two times, and two times only, the crazy man had totally possessed him. Jameson had felt violated then, dirty and used, as much a victim as the men he had killed. He never, ever wanted to relinquish control to the crazy man again, and would do anything to keep it from happening. He closed in on the threat, praying that this was a false alarm. But the door kept moving. He grabbed the handle, threw open the door, and shot his hands at the intruder's neck, ready to break it if necessary. Ted Bronovich stood frozen in the doorway, his right leg twitching in an attempt to get moving. Hey, slow down! It's me! Jameson jerked back his hands, but kept his eyes on his boss's face, watching the kind of fear he'd never seen Bronovich show before. Not at work, and certainly not in the off hours they shared together. His face mixed fright with resignation, the look of a person who sees some unavoidable disaster hurtling at him like a killer meteor, far off and small, but closing fast. Some terrible event he has no power to stop. Damn, Ted! Why sneak around in the dark? You trying to give me a heart attack? Bronovich didn't answer. He just shuffled side to side in the doorway, his sharp nose slicing through the air in front of him. He looked down the hall in both directions before he stepped inside Jameson's office. He wasn't wearing his jacket, the sleeves of his shirt rolled up to the elbows of thin arms. 
His Christmas tie, a pattern of decorated trees and candy canes, drooped from his skinny neck. Jameson reached to snap on the lights, but Bronovich grabbed his hand. "'I've just got a minute,' he said, then glanced again down the hall. "'Let's leave the lights off.' Jameson checked the hall before he closed the door and leaned against it. Bronovich's silhouette moved around in his office until, somewhere over on the other side, completely lost in the darkness, his footsteps stopped. "'Okay, Ted, what's up?' Bronovich took a heavy breath. "'Peter, I shouldn't be telling you this, but I wanted to give you a little warning.' Jameson started toward him, but stopped. The darkness protected both of them and gave them the same advantage, so if he moved noiselessly to a new spot farther down the wall, Bronovich wouldn't know where he was.